Hey, this is Dr. Darwin. Are you looking for some mentorship, some accountability, some help with getting all of this application and getting into dental school and getting into residency and then just your life as a new dentist? Look, I'm having monthly, twice a month, live coaching sessions and office hours so we can talk about all of that. I don't want you to struggle with the application process. I don't want you to struggle uh, with getting ready for interviews. I don't want you to struggle about what list of schools and programs to apply to. We talk about all of that in our group, our monthly group called Dr. Darwin On Demand. Dr. Darwin On Demand. Check it out down below here. And then also, if you're interested and you want to get that help so you don't have to struggle anymore, so that you can get some mentorship, some accountability, and some help. Hit this link right here. Hit that link right there so we can get you signed up and enrolled today. Today. Your future starts today. And I'm here to help you. This is Dr. Darwin. And join my members-only community called Dr. Darwin On Demand. Look forward to seeing you soon, okay? Now back to this episode. Enjoy. Becoming a dentist in any country is challenging, especially when you've already a dentist in your country and then now you're coming to the U.S. to be trained as a dentist. Stay tuned as we talk to a doctor who has gone through this process of becoming a U.S. trained dentist and she's going to share everything about how she did it, her process and all of that. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Dr. Darwin, a new dentist coach with another episode of Ask Dr. Darwin on the new dentist podcast show. Where we talk about getting into dental school, getting into residency, and then life as a new dentist. Guys, be sure that you continue to support the channel. We are internationally known worldwide, all because of you, because you're sharing, you're watching, you're commenting, you're liking, and you're subscribing. So continue to do such. It allows us to see and reach more people across the globe, all right? Um, also, you can support the channel. Look down in the description below. You can support the channel. We've got some merchandise you can get. Uh, uh, you can also join the channel in addition to subscribing. All those things allow us and support us so that we can continue to bring this free content to you. Also, this episode of Ask Dr. Darwin is being brought to you by GetIntoDentalResidency.com and also being brought to you by Dr. Darwin uh, uh, On Demand. Check out those links right here down below and how you can get some help and get some support and accountability and surround yourself with people who are doing the things that you want to do, whether it's get into dental school, get into residency, etc. Check those links down below. So back on the podcast is a doc that we talked to. Oh my God, how long has it been, doc? Three years? Yeah, almost, um, I think, 20, 23 months, maybe. Yeah, two, yeah, about two years. Uh, but I think it's even been, it's been longer than that because 
our first episode, our first conversation was at least four or five years ago. Yes. And I've been doing this for about five or six years, at least five years. And Mm -hmm. I think our episode that we were talking about how to become Mm -hmm. a U.S. trained dentist is probably the most watched episode that we have. Uh, So that's been a while. That's been at least five years. So yeah, four, four years, I think. Yeah, yeah four years. And we're on the other side of that first episode, talking about the fact that you got into a U.S. dental school program and that you're getting ready to graduate in five months. So it's been a process um, and we're glad to, to, to follow up and have you share your journey into getting into an advanced standing program. So um, please introduce yourself for those people who maybe have not seen that episode with you guys. You guys should check it out right here. I think it's, no, I think it's over here. I think it's over here. Check it out right over here. You can check out this other episode. Um, but please introduce yourself to everyone that's meeting you maybe for the first time. Yeah. Hi, everyone. My name is Navneet Karsegal. I am from India. I was a dentist in India. I did my uh, graduation in 2013, and then I did my master's in periodontics in 2017. And 2018, I moved to US when I started the whole process of becoming a dentist in in US. That was the first time when I talked to Dr. Darwin. And um, yeah, I started my whole process, uh, took baby steps every single day, and here I am ready to graduate from uh, CODA accredited university in California. Yeah, and it's and it's been a process nonetheless. One of the questions that a lot of people have to think about, especially if they've been trained as a dentist overseas or internationally, is why dentistry in the U.S. So, share with us why you wanted to become come to the U.S. and be able to practice here in the U.S. and learn about how dentistry is is uh, is performed here. So why dentistry in the U.S. for you? Well, for me, it was destiny who brought me to U.S. Uh, I got married in U.S. uh, And then um, I was a dentist in India. So I wanted to be a dentist in U.S. too. I didn't want to do any other job but dentistry. So I started my research about dentistry and I found out doing my observations uh, and uh, working as a DA in U.S. that dentistry in U.S. is obviously top notch. And um, there, there are certain protocols which we follow here. And it made me fell in love with dentistry all over again. I had a passion for dentistry before in my home country as well. But uh, coming in U.S. and starting the process all over again, um, I enjoyed every single day. So I just started my procedure of becoming a dentist in the U.S. every single day. Like I did uh, dental assistants, jobs, shadow, and multiple clinics. Then I attended a lot of CE courses. Then I did preceptorship in uh, different universities. So I think which helped me a lot. And that's why I was more and more sure every single day I was becoming more sure that this is what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. If if you're around the profession and 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 directly connected to the profession, it just grows on you to the point where it's like, yeah, I got to keep going. I, this is I'm passionate, whether it's in India, whether it's Japan, whether it's Brazil, whether it's London, whether it's, you know, wherever. 
I picked dentistry as a career years ago for a reason. And that's why I want to continue it here in the U.S. Um, you know, it's not a very easy process, uh, especially coming from and being a dentist in another country and then coming to the U.S. Doing it here in the U.S. is hard in itself. But to add that to the fact that you've been practicing as a dentist, working as a dentist, and in your case, having an additional degree in perio, now kind of have to start part of that process and that training, that education all over again can be very hard and difficult. Sh share with us what was the hardest part about this whole entire process of applying to the advanced standing program to become a U.S. trained dentist. So for me, initially, I did not know where to start from. Uh, that was the hardest part. Uh, and I started uh, talking to people. I started watching videos. As a fresh graduate, after my uh, master's degree, I moved to US and I did not know where to start from. Uh, that was the hard part. But uh, I think a lot of people, they helped me, um, guiding me through the process. And then after that, the hardest part was the wait time. Wait time uh, to apply, wait time to hear back from universities. How many interviews will I be getting? Which school wants me? And even after the interviews, the wait time was the hardest part before getting an interview and after getting the interview. I was always very curious to know that, okay, I'm a good fit for which school? or uh, Which school is a better fit for me? Which, where I want to go? Which school wants to take me? All those things, I think, uh, the only thing was the, uh, the wait time because I was already taking, as I mentioned before, every single day I was doing something, be it be a new CE course, be it be working um, with some university for, I was in UCSF doing research uh, and preceptorship. Um, every single day I was taking few steps, but the wait time of getting an interview call and being accepted was the hardest time for me personally. Hey, this is Dr. Darwin, your new dentist coach. Hey, look, it's residency time. It's residency application time. And the biggest question that a lot of people have is how do I prepare my application? So look, if you're struggling in getting your information together, your CV, your personal statement, or you're ready but not prepared for your interviews, reach out to me ASAP, right? Right through my group dental residency headquarters we can help you we can help you get ready for this residency cycle so that you're able to do this we want you to match match into residency cycle this this year all right but you got some work to do if you need some help with that application shoot me an email at newdentistcoach at gmail.com newdentistcoach at gmail.com and through our program called get into dental residency we can help you we can help you, but you got to hurry up because residency application is right now. It's right now. So shoot me an email right now. All right, let's get back to this episode. Yeah, and that's very similar to the U.S. students who apply, <laughs> apply to dental school too, right? The whole process of getting your application together, the whole process of once you submit it, waiting and then waiting, waiting for interviews, waiting for acceptances, especially with schools in the U.S. is kind of like rolling admissions, even though most students will find out in December for U.S. schools about their admissions. Um, 
it can take from December to that following year, all the way through June, before yeah. really hearing about uh, schools having op uh, having openings and schools filling in um, their positions. W one of the things that you mentioned, as far as your preparation, and and I want to kind of segue to that, uh, is that you know you were involved in some aspect of dentistry prior to your application and even during your application. You mentioned the fact that you were, were I think, working as a dental assistant. Uh, uh, you were also doing some research at UCSF, mm -hmm. which is the University of California, San Francisco, which has a dental school. Uh, and they also have an international uh, or advanced standing program for international trained dentists. And you also mentioned doing a preceptorship. Uh, all of things are, are, are ways of making sure that you really are able to enhance and qualify yourself as a candidate for these advanced standing programs. Share a little bit more about those things and how you prepared to get your application, get your captive uh, application mm -hmm. uh, together. So CAPID application is a stepwise process. Um, uh, after I did my part one and part two, I, I think uh, I came US in 2018. Uh, and from the very next day, I started uh, uh, observing as a uh, dental assistant. And then when I got, once I got my work permit, I started working as a dental assistant. So that was one step, um, being a new dentist, uh, it's very important that you get into the process, you know the process in US. So, and the second thing was uh, whatever CAPID requires, there are different schools have different requirements. Like for me, I wanted to stay in California. So I checked the requirements of different universities, what all they need. And then I tried to fulfill all those requirements. Even before I applied to different universities, I uh, called in the admissions committee and then uh, uh, admission officers, asked them, okay, uh, what do you look for? Uh, uh, is there any particular thing? Some of the universities, they require total score should not be below 100. Even if, even if it's 99, they won't send you an interview. Being an Indian, it's really hard because uh, most in uh, being an Indian, it's it gets very competitive to get into the dental school because of the large pool of the students we have. And then there were some other requirements like uh, uh, working in your home country for one or two years, any master's degree you have, how long did you work in the U.S. for, uh, any uh, uh, volunteer organizations you were associated with, dental and non-dental. So all those things, they want to look for dental as well as non-dental um, profile of yours. What did you do outside dentistry? Uh, why did you do it? And what was your intention to do those things? All those things step by step and then preparing the statement of purpose. Um, I think that, that, that has a huge impact. When someone is reading your statement of purpose, it should tell your whole story, but in limited amount of words. What is your future? What are your future goals? What was your past? Why did you start dentistry? It, it takes some time, but I think if you devote some time equally on every single aspect of CAPIT application uh, and the admissions committee, when they review it, they actually see the hard work you put for your application. So that's the, I think, uh, uh, one thing which you should keep in mind, work hard for your CAPIT application. 
it's the way you present your application makes the huge difference. You might have uh, 10 or 20 different things in your profile, but if you don't know how to present your application, then there is no value of that. I think you should know how to present it. Yeah, that's key. Presenting those most key points about who you are as a candidate. And you probably had to be very specific or even more specific onto targeting those those aspects, especially if you are targeting certain schools, right? And for you, I think you, I remember talking when we talked the first time that you kind of wanted to stay in Cali, right? Stay in California, which is great because there are a lot of, there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of programs, a lot of schools that have uh, advanced standing programs. So that means you have to look at those schools, look at their requirements, and then tailor your candidacy and, and certain points about your candidacy to those schools. I, I, I think that's a real important fact that, uh, that you have to, that candidates have to do and be really intentional uh, about it. And that, that kind of leads me to the next part, which is, you know, we talk about the schools, you know, there are, there are probably about 30 close to, I think it's about 30, between 30 and 40 schools of the dental schools that have some form of uh, internationally trained or advanced standing program for dentists that have, uh, that are been licensed outside of the U S. Um, and that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of programs, right? That's a lot of programs to have to sift through. Share with us a little bit more about your thought process and how you decided what schools and why those schools, in addition to being, of course, for you regionally being in California, but I'm sure there were some other aspects that are important to you uh, as a dentist and as a candidate looking to receive certain types of training as well. So share a little bit more about that as well. So I think initially uh, for me being a visa holder, there were not a lot of options because a lot of schools, they accept US uh, citizens or green card holders. But if you are a visa holder, like for me, I'm on H4 visa right now and I'm studying on H4 visa. So if you are a visa holder, your options are very limited and you have to pick and choose where you want to apply. Obviously, it's very expensive. So for me, I got accepted in my second cycle. I applied in my first cycle. I was very late, but uh, I applied in eight schools in first cycle. I got uh, six interview calls. I attended four interview calls and I got waitlisted everywhere. Uh, but I did not stop. I knew like if I got waitlisted, I applied to so many schools and I uh, got waitlisted in these many schools. That means they obviously they want me, but there has to be something else in my profile or um, in me. So uh, I kept working hard on myself for myself that I uh, in, uh, in internationally, I was also involved in some research projects. And I, um, during the COVID time, this was the COVID time. And during the COVID time, uh, I kept uh, going through my uh, online social media things, doing a lot of things, doing a lot of research about different universities, what they want. And I kind of build my profile according to them. So there are a lot of universities, they want to see your research work in your home country and here. Uh, 
There are a lot of universities which want to see your volunteer hours, number of volunteer hours you uh, had. So like I currently I am in Loma Linda University. So Loma Linda University, we, they pay a lot of attention towards uh, your spiritual values, uh, your own identity as a person, uh, how you behave, what kind of person you are, uh, what kind of people you are surrounded with, all those things. So as a, they value your uh, personal values, um, and then there are some universities which want to see, okay, uh, how competitive you are, uh, how you behave when you are around different people. Uh, are you a good leader? They want to see you as a leader as well. Eventually, uh, our goal is all of the dentists, we, our goal is to open our own practice. Most of the dentists, they want to open their own practice. So they want to see your leadership qualities. What did you do in the past as a leader? Uh, how are you a good team member? That's a very good point as well, because a lot of the universities, they want to see you as a team member too. Yes. Even if you work for someone, you don't open your own practice. They want to see, okay, how you behave as a team member. Do you have the ability to solve the conflicts? And are you, are you someone who will be problem for other people? Or are you someone who will uh, always spread positive vibes? So all those things, I think uh, they are very important. And as I mentioned, that number of schools is very important. In my second cycle, I applied in 15 universities and I almost got called from 12 of them. And, uh, but I interviewed in uh, uh, six universities. I got accepted in five. I declined all the other universities because I always wanted to be in Loma Linda University and I got accepted in Loma Linda. So uh, Loma Linda was my top priority. So I think um, everything they wanted to see in the profile, I made sure I have it. Yeah. That's what was the outstanding factor for me for getting accepted in my top choice. Yeah. So again, it, it really sounds like you were very intentional with the schools that were on your list that's, that were specifically California schools. And from those schools, you had Loma Linda, maybe one other school that was kind of like your one, two or top two. And because of that, you put your application together based on what they were looking for, but also based on what you had to offer uh, those schools, either as it relates to leadership, teamwork, uh, how to handle conflicts, research, volunteer hours, uh, and, and the other things that the actual schools or the, those top schools were looking for. So that makes sense. And I think it's really important that people hear that because it's very easy to do something totally different, right? Which is I'm going to apply to all 30 schools and I'm just going to, you know, see what sticks. I'm going to throw it up against the wall and see what sticks. And you can have a not so good result when you do that, right? Um, you could get lucky, but there's too much time and effort and also uh, investment to try to get in based on luck. You have to, get, you want to get in based on some something that's intentional and calculated uh, as part of your application. So the fact that you knew that Loma Linda was your first choice and it came to you after, you know, your, after your first cycle and doing it again in your second cycle, having more schools that, you got invitations to based on maybe some more schools that you applied to and uh, came up on top. So that's, 
that's that's awesome. So I, I guess it was pretty, you know, um, not easy, but when you were going through your interviews, um, that could be a challenging time, right? Even yeah. to get to get to that point, now you're there, you're in front of the committee, they have questions, uh, you know, they have your application, they've read your personal statement. Share with us a little bit more about what those interviews are like uh, or what it was like for you as a dentist who already had had all this training, right? And now you're looking to do some more training and they're asking you all these questions. So share a little bit more about your interview day, what that was like, and maybe some of the questions that they asked. I'll try to remember as much as I can. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's been a, while, it's been a while, so. That's right, um, that's right, thank you. Yeah, different universities, they look for different things. Like I interviewed for a lot of universities. Uh, their interview process is different. So first of all, if you get an interview invite, I would highly recommend that you do a thorough research. Uh, what do they ask? What they are looking, looking for in a candidate? Uh, and what the process will be um, during the interviews? Like for me, for example, um, I will talk about Loma Linda University. Um, they, take, they take bench test. They will send you interview invite after reviewing your application. Uh, um, and they will send you interview invite and you have to respond to that interview. And then there will be a bench test. You can pick and choose your dates. They will give you two dates. Uh, you can pick your date. And then depending on what they ask, sometimes they ask plus twos, uh, depending on uh, what tooth number, DO, MO. But I will recommend uh, prepare as much as you can. Because once you clear the bench test, then you will get an interview call. Otherwise, you won't get an interview call from Loma Linda University. So you have to pass the bench test in order to uh, get an interview call. And then once you get the interview call, Loma Linda interview is uh, very uh, straightforward. They are not looking for uh, any uh, dental experiences in your interview when, when they talk to you. They want to see you as a human being, uh, how family oriented you are, what do you like outside dentistry, uh, what are your future goals, why dentistry, uh, how uh, important is dentistry for you, how important is interacting with people uh, for you, and um, uh, um, what do you want to do for your community in future? What have you done in past? What will you do for your community? Because dentistry is the field where once you enter, you, you can give back to the community in different ways. Right. So what is your way? Uh, they want to see that. And as I mentioned, they want to see your overall personality, how you are as a person outside dentistry. Because I think they know once you, they, take in, uh, they take you in Loma Linda, they will help you to become better dentists than you were before. But they also want to see how much um, uh, enthusiastic you are to enter in the university and to follow the protocol of the university. And then there are other universities, they took bench test because this was during COVID times. And even before COVID, uh, the process was same. Like they have uh, uh, bench test and uh, they have interview as well. So prepare your interview very, very well because that's the time when the interviewers, they want to see you. They want to uh, know what you are. And uh, 
be respectful to them and at the same time be confident they want to see a confident person because you are already dentist in your home country and if you lack the confidence i think they can easily judge that they have been doing this thing from uh, so many years they can easily see when the answers are prepared uh, when when it's a continuous rehearsal so be as much genuine as you can uh, but if i have to give you a tip that will be know yourself inside out if you don't know you you won't be able to uh, handle yourself in a interview because interview involves a lot of surprise questions <laughs> so yes so for me i will give an example one of the universities i was asked uh, what is poverty for you mm. and what is poverty what do you think is poverty so i was like uh, okay i i the out of the blue was this question so i was like can i think about it because i don't want to give any wrong answers and then i took a pause and then i answered the question obviously my interview interview interviewer was very impressed and hence i got accepted in the same university so uh, know yourself um, know your past know your present and know your future it's all about knowing yourself knowing your thought process that's it nothing more than that and you don't have to be conscious or nervous in the interview do not give prepared answers there are people outside who can help you prepare your interviews but i would say uh, the only better person who can help you to prepare for the interview is you yeah. people can teach you how to sit how to talk what not to say about the pronunciation of different words because we are international dentists so we need to work on our pronunciation as well so that people can understand as well but the only person who can impress the interviewer is you no one yeah, else yes that's right at the end of the day you as a candidate will be the only person in that room yeah sharing your answers you may feel like you can hear you know people who have helped you you know you can hear them in your ear and you can feel their presence during the time that you were preparing for the interview day but at the end guess what it is you in front of the camera uh if it's virtual or in front of the committee talking to everyone it is you so uh some really great tips and great uh, uh great information to make sure that you be yourself that you're confident uh and it may take some practice you know not everyone even as a dentist not everyone is naturally yeah feels comfortable in front of a group of people right yes. uh, uh so you may have to practice you may have to do some mock interviews just to kind of get your uh on camera or one-to-one face-to-face uh game ready for that day but you're right you still have to be yourself at the end of the day because no matter what everybody can be uh on their best behavior for 30 minutes for an interview yeah and uh, i agree with you that uh seeking professional help is no shame um people out there they are ready to help you um i'm sure if you have your instagram channel people might be watching your channel and getting a lot of tips and suggestions from that uh and there are a lot of people outside they are ready to help you for your bench test uh how to present yes. for an interview a lot of yes. youtube channels a lot of things but at the end i think you can hear people but at the end it's your choice what you want to do yeah so take yeah. the suggestions and implement it uh the way you want to
Yeah. And and you said something else that I really liked, which was in those interviews, not only do you need to know about yourself and feel confident, but also be yourself, right? Yeah. Be yourself and also have an understanding as to where you fit in and how you're going to fit in, not only to the school, but after the two or three years of your advanced standing program. How are you going to contribute to a Loma Linda, a USC, a NYU, a UPenn? Uh, how are you going to contribute and add value to the school community for the two or three years, tw 27 months that you're there? That's important. Yeah, that's very important. And I would uh, just make a little bit uh, change of words here. Be the better version of yourself. Uh, you can be yourself, 101% you can, but you can even be better version of yourself. Mm -hmm. What I mean to say is like, um, I know what I am and I know how I behave. But if you want to, you already know, okay, this is uh, after four weeks is my interview. I want you to practice as much as you can but don't do the rehearsal. Don't do, okay, let's say the first question is, tell me something about yourself. Do not give a rehearsed answer. Okay, this is me, this is that. They will hear you for two or three minutes, then they're gonna stop you. So uh, have a smile on your face, be charming, uh, look good. That's very good. Look all sorted uh, and put the right lipstick on for girls. And for boys, put your right color on and show up, just show up. Yeah. It's all about you. And uh, always remember that as much as you want to get into the university, they want you as well. Absolutely. They, they Absolutely. want you as well. So. Absolutely. I mean, not only do they want you because they have to fulfill their needs, but they want you because they are looking for people to represent the school, yeah. the school community. Uh, and and that's and overall and the profession as well here in the U.S. So that's um, that's that's very key. So uh, great advice, great tips about interviews and how to prepare and how to have your mindset uh, with regards to the interviews. Now you mentioned that Loma Linda was your top choice, and you had some other schools that were high up there. At the end of the day, after your interviews. Um, you had some selections and you had to kind of decide, all right, this is, <laughs> this is what I'm working with now. I have my interviews, got some acceptances and I got to choose. I got to choose. So kind of help us understand after the interviews, what stood out about Loma Linda for you and how that shaped your decision to to uh, to matriculate there. Uh, I got accepted in other California schools as well, but uh, Loma Linda was my top choice because um, I have been to Loma Linda uh, for a couple of CE courses as well, and I got waitlisted in Loma Linda for the first time, and then in the second cycle I got accepted. So whenever I was in Loma Linda, I felt a homely vibe. I felt like the kind of person I am, uh, Loma Linda is the perfect fit for me. 
uh, in terms of spirituality, in terms of humanity, in terms of volunteer work, uh, and the clinical experience is exceptional in Loma Linda. If you are in, we have a very good patient pool, and I was already aware of that uh, from few of my friends that uh, uh, the uh, hands-on experience in Loma Linda is very, very, very exceptionally good. And uh, the faculty, uh, we have good experienced faculty, always ready to help. And um, yeah, and the uh, colleagues around me, everyone, um, we, I think everyone is ready to help each other. That's the main thing. And that when I was here in the school for my interview as well, that's what I felt that everyone, and we are a small community here where everyone knows everyone. Yeah. Like the faculty member, they know every student's name. Each and every student is familiar to uh, all the faculty members. So uh, that was the standing out factor for me because not in this doesn't happen in every single school. You right. go to different schools, the faculty doesn't know the name of the students and they still talk, oh, that girl, this girl. But here in Loma Linda, if you, if you are in Loma Linda, you are in a family environment. So yeah. all these things, they stood out for me um, while I was choosing my school. And that's cool. I mean, that's that's cool, but it's also critical and important. Uh, that environment, that culture of the school uh, needs to be in alignment with what you're looking for and what you need. And if it is, then it's easy to decide where you're going to go. <laughs> Very easy. Very easy. Now, one of the things I can't remember, I do not remember, is the number of positions uh, every year. For uh, How many are in your class at Loma Linda, or at least at that beginning first class? Yeah, for Loma Linda, it's 32. 32. Okay, yeah, I knew it was one of the schools that had a, a very large number uh, of students, very similar to like a BU, uh, Boston University. Uh, I think even NYU has a large um uh program per per class uh uh as as well so 32 so of those 32 well everybody has to do this which is pay tuition so let's talk a little bit about that aspect because that also can be a decision factor for many candidates especially once they not only when they apply but also when they are uh making their final decision so give us an idea as to what an annual tuition looks like, including expenses at, at a school like Loma Linda. So for Loma Linda, I would say a rough amount will be around, including the living expenses and everything, it should be around 300,000. Um, so I'll talk about myself. I'm a, a H4 visa holder. So for me, um, I needed a, a U.S. citizen to sign the uh, uh, co-signer for me to sign the loan, help to get the loan for me from uh, uh, from the bank. And once I applied my loan, and their credit score was checked, and my credit score was checked, and everything looked good, so I got the visa. Uh, sorry, I got the loan. Um, but obviously, if you are a visa holder, your interest rate is a little higher. Uh, that's the only drawback, but it's possible to get the loan if you know someone who is a who is a green card holder or a U.S. citizen. So you, and, so, you uh, so you so you had to have uh, in your current state, you had to have someone else apply for a loan on your to, behalf 
to make sure that you had your tuition covered. And that three hundred thousand is for uh for the two for the twenty seven months, correct? Or yes, the twenty seven months. Twenty seven months, right? Gotcha. Yes. And then, if you are a U.S. citizen or if you have a green card, U.S. green card, then it's a very straightforward process for you. You just apply for financial aid, fill the application, and your visa gets approved. I think uh, um, it's for four percent, maybe three or four percent, and then um, you're good to go. You have your financial aid all signed up, and if you are eligible, then uh, uh, your whole tuition gets paid off. Gotcha, gotcha. It gets paid off because you're taking a loan out. Loan. You still have to yes. pay, pay out. Afterwards, pay out. yeah. Afterwards. Un unfortunately, there's not a lot of uh, quote unquote scholarship options for uh, for these types of programs. Uh, many, like you stated, have still have to take loans out or have someone uh, take a loan out on on their behalf to pay for mm -hmm. school. A little bit different than the U U.S. side where uh, some state schools and some state residents that matriculate at that state uh, university could get, you know, 50 percent, 60 percent or have some other grants and scholarships that can go towards the tuition. A little bit different on the uh, for those U.S. students versus uh, the international or foreign trained. I would like to add, but if you are in university, uh, then you can also apply for alumni loan. But that uh, is uh, that is applicable after your first GPA when you get your first GPA, which is after first six months. Uh, and if you are eligible, depending on the GPA, you can get alumni loan. Um, but you have to apply for that based on your uh, grades. And what was that again? You said an alumni 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 loan. Yep. Yes. Okay. That's just some amount. Uh, like for me, I got twenty four thousand. So. Uh, that's just some amount. It might help you with the living expenses a little bit, but again, you have to apply every quarter. Yeah, that's <laughs> every little bit helps. <laughs> yeah. Twenty four thousand or four thousand, it still helps towards it's money that you don't have to pay back or you don't have to take out and eventually have to pay interest on and pay back, right? So every little bit helps with regards to that. So the next question relates to. Uh, advice and tips, and you've been given those all throughout uh, our conversation, but this is also the part that a lot of people want to hear, and uh, guys, if you are getting some value and really like and, and find that this information has been very helpful, please, right now, just lightly hit the uh, the like button. Uh, don't smash it too hard. Just hit it twice. Just hit it twice. And, uh, and also put uh, also in the comments, uh, what you've liked most so far about about today's uh, episode. So tips, strategies, advice, knowing what you know now, having been through this process, not once, but twice, you know, you did it in two cycles, which is commendable in itself, in itself, in itself because there's so many applicants that are applying every year for a limited number of spots. Knowing what you know now, what are some tips and some advice that you would give your, your colleagues who are looking to become a US trained uh, dentist? So I would say prepare ahead of time. If you already know that you're gonna be uh, stepping into dentistry, so start preparing ahead of time. Uh, start studying for INBDE. 
become familiarized with the, the questions, the type of questions they ask, and then build your profile. Don't wait for uh, clearing your part, uh, INBD, sorry, for me it was part one and part two, so I remember that. But don't wait for the exam. Don't wait for to pass the exam. Just keep doing every single uh, thing which is on your list. Like say, doing, uh, doing a job, doing observership or preceptorship or research work or volunteer work. Keep doing, keep doing all the things which you can do to make your profile stronger. And then uh, once you are done with all the exams and building your profile resume, I would say, as we talked about CAPID application, present your application well. If you want to seek professional help, seek professional help. And um, after that, I would say, do not wait. Apply and then forget. What I mean is that do not take unnecessary pressure on yourself. Okay, once I get the interview call, I will start preparing for my bench test. No, that's the wrong approach. You, If you applied in five schools or 10 schools, you already know that you will get either one, two, three, depending on your profile, you will get some interview calls. So start preparing, start uh, doing your crowns, class tools, uh, composite fillings, amalgam fillings, start the bench test practice at home, even before you get an interview call, do not wait for the interview call and get better at it. Then once you get your interview call, seek professional help. Uh, criticism is always good in this case. Ask your friends to help you, send pictures to them, ask them to evaluate your work. And uh, uh, even professional uh, professionals are out there, seek their help. And then uh, go shoot, give your best shot and shoot for it. And uh, during your interview, as we already talked, I would say, be the better version of yourself. Prepare, but uh, do not memorize the answers. And uh, I, I totally agree that I have been through this process. It's a very stressful process, but at the same time, you need to be persistent. So universities, they do see this thing as well, how persistent you are, what changes you are making. Uh, and also I would say that keep in touch with the universities. Keep emailing them. Tell them what, what you updated in your profile, like how you are different from last year, how you are different from this uh, uh, last month when you applied. Let's say the cycle uh, ends in July and uh, now you are waiting for the interview call. Keep emailing them. Tell them that, okay, this is what I updated in my profile after I applied. This is my TOEFL score. Uh, if they really want you, they will send you an interview invite based on even the updated version of your profile. So uh, keep trying and uh, don't lose hope. And I would say don't let the fear of losing to be greater than excitement of winning. So always have this thing, a mental picture in your mind that if other people can, like I'm an ordinary girl, if I can do it, you people can, everyone else can. So, uh, and the last advice I would give is have a mentor around you. Anyone, which could be anyone, your family member or professional or anyone. Uh, Dr. Darwin is great. Uh, you can ask uh, a lot of questions from him. He's always ready to help. So have a mentor. That's yeah. It. yeah. Wow. Some great tips and strategies. I counted about eight or nine here. Uh, if you didn't hear those, guess what? You got to stop, press pause, go back and start again under the section of tips and strategies. Uh, those were uh, 
those were 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 great. Uh, what are your plans? You got five months. What are you What are you planning on doing after uh, you walk down and get your U.S. diploma as a as a U.S. trained dentist? So I'm happy. Just five more months. I'm gonna graduate. Uh, much awaited moment of my like uh, five years. Last five years. Yeah. So I'm ready to graduate and work outside as a dentist. And right now I'm looking for opportunities and. Uh, We'll see the more opportunities I get, the uh, more I think I'm inclined to uh, working in US as a dentist, depends on which state, but uh, most probably I'll be in California. So let's see where the destiny takes me ahead. Good, 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 good. And what's the best way for people to contact you if they have any other questions or just want to ask you a couple of things? What's the best way? Uh, you can reach me out on my Instagram. Uh, it's Dr. Underscore NK Segal. And I would uh, give it to Dr. Yeah. Darwin. Yeah, here it is right here. I'm going to put it right there. There it is. All right. Instagram. Yeah. You can reach me on Instagram. Uh, shoot me questions. Uh, whatever you want. I'm ready to help. Uh, as many questions you want. Uh, just, just text me. That's yeah. Text her, but look, don't bother her too much, guys <laughs> and gals. Don't bother. Look, she's got five months. This has been five years in the making. She's got to finish up. She's got patience. She's got exams. She's got other things she's got to do. She will answer your questions, but don't overburden her with all of that. Let's wait till she gets uh, these five. Let's wait till the sixth month to give her all the hard, <laughs> hard questions, but she will help you. She will help you, and I'm and and it's so glad. I'm so glad to see you, to hear hear from you, get an update, um, not only from from 21 months ago, but also from three years and four years ago, um, and what you shared today about how to become a U.S. trained dentist and your journey uh, as an international dentist coming to the U.S. and and training here has been so helpful. Guys, check out these next videos right here, and hopefully they will help you and go to the next videos that you see down below go to these next videos go right now that's our time love peace and smiles go to the next video go to the next video go 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 <laughs> hope you like that one it was a favorite of mine as well stay tuned as we have more episodes just like that until then love peace and smiles See you next time.